uh, at the church, when someone is interested in a leadership role or feeling called to ministry, we try to ask three questions. Uh, questions are, okay, so is their character mature? Are they taking on the character of Jesus? Uh, are they gifted for this particular role, this ministry? And are they called to it? Do they have a sense of calling within themselves, but also do the people around them affirm this sense of calling? So character, gifting, and maturity. And so, as a church, we also want to make room. Like, and it, I think it's one of the exciting things a church gets to do is we get to make room for people to explore their gifts, to develop their gifts and explore their sense of calling. And so that's a, a little bit of what we are get the, the privilege of doing uh, today with, with Kyra. Uh, Kyra is somebody who has been leaning into Jesus in really significant ways. Just her character, just growing as she is pursuing uh, Jesus in her life in, uh, in some really special ways. Uh, how many people do you know that if they were given the chance to sign up uh, to preach a sermon would like volunteer to do that? Would you do that? Like, you're like, hey, we got some open slots coming up in the next couple of months. Like, I love. So Kyra goes to the youth group at the NAS uh, Church in New Philly. And uh, every summer they do this thing called Blast. And you can sign up to do different things within the church to develop your gifts. And she has signed up for the last how many years? The last two years to preach a sermon. Like, just volunteer. Yeah, I'd love to do that, to preach a sermon and, and kind of get judged on it. We're not going to judge her today, right? So she is just like leaning into this. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, she was able to share a sermon with the whole youth group there. And so we've been in conversation. Um, and so this morning, we get the privilege of hearing what God has put on Kyra's heart as she shares with us today. And so um, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. And it's been a privilege to just, yeah, to meet with her and uh, to talk about just all the ways God is at work in her life. So uh, before the teaching, she really wanted us to hear this song. There's a song called um, This Side of a Miracle. And it's about like, we think about miracles as like God's action, but often God chooses to partner with us, to use us. So we're going to listen to this song. The lyrics will be on the screen, and then Kyra is going to come up. I'll have a prayer with her, and then we will, we will hear from her. Let's, let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thanks that you work even in spite of technical issues. God, thank you that your presence is here. We've already uh, felt it this morning as we've uh, just shared life together and seen the evidence of how you're working. God, thank you uh, that you are working in Kyra that she uh, is turning her heart to you again and again. And God, you honor that and you respond to her and you've met her. And God, you've given her gifts to use for your kingdom. And God, as she has poured her heart into uh, this, the preparation for the sermon, uh, God, I pray that we would uh, be able to hear, God, what you have laid on her heart. God, I, I pray that you would speak through her to us, that our hearts would be open. Uh, to listen, to be responsive to what we need to hear this morning. So give her peace today. Just let the, the peace that transcends all understanding guard her heart and her mind today to know that she belongs to you and she is among, uh, among her family, her church family, her friends. So bless her today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How are we doing? Yeah, we're good. Is it working? Yeah. yeah. See, but this is the kind of look. It's like every time I try to do something. Yeah. <laughs>
works now. Okay. Just gotta make sure y'all can hear me. Y'all hear me okay? Yeah. All right. Hi, kiddo. You wanna sit up here? Oh, thank you for the cracker. Do you want it back? Okay. <laughs> All right, so that song I prayed for you, I played for you. We're gonna break it down and how it relates to kind of our bigger sermon today of God's provision and his love. Now, unlike biology class, we don't need cats or worms or frogs or baby pigs or whatever y'all dealt with in high school science. Um, so the song kind of talks about the different miracles that God put into place throughout the Bible. Um, like David, Moses, Jericho, Elijah, kind of the top 40 Bible stories, if you will, that I think kind of come to mind. Um, so miracles are a way that God provides and shows his love for us, but he also shows his love in the littler things, like giving us a community and nature. And I think the biggest way that God's provided for us is by giving his son to die for our sins so that this bridge of life can be built between us and God. Um, and we can eventually spend eternity with him. Um, so the people of the Bible had many identity crises in Exodus. And we have several stories that come up. Um, after being freed from slavery in Egypt, they wandered the desert for 40 years. Which, how many of you are above 40? <laughs> Most of the congregation, great. So that's, that's a long time, isn't it? A lot can happen in 40 years. Um, and they had to become fully dependent on God to provide for them, which was something that can be hard to do. Um, and Jesus, for 40 days, spent time in the wilderness, avoiding temptation and trusting that his father was going to provide for him, no matter what occurred. So our first text for the day is Exodus 16, 1 through 18. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if, we, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they, gave, as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your rumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. 
Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of God appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who had gathered much did not have too much. And the one who had gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. In this exodus, it's clear how God was providing for his people. Each day, manna and quail fell from the sky to nourish the people. However, it was their responsibility to only get what they needed for the day, as much as they may have wanted to get more. God was so faithful that they called him several different names, like provider, deliverer, covenant partner, and of course, Yahweh. God created a special relationship between himself and his people. We call this covenant, which was God promising to them that he would always be faithful, even if they were not faithful to him. We've all made our mistakes and turned away from God. I'll admit, I'll be the first one to admit that I've done that several times. But he's always waiting right where we left him. And he doesn't leave us no matter how many times we may stray away. Got the next slide, Anthony? So this is a poem I found that um, really seemed to just kind of portray what the message was. One night I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest, and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. God is consistent. He's the only thing that from the creation of the universe to now, has stayed consistent, is that he provides for his people. And if we can't handle our walk alone, he takes care of us. He takes our pain onto himself. And throughout all the times, in the Old Testament especially, 
when life was difficult and God seemed to be far away or the Israelites couldn't handle their circumstances themselves. Um, they looked back at how God provided in the wilderness and they trusted that they would be provided for again. Um, they remembered how hungry they had been and how God had given them something to eat, how they were strangers in a new land and God made a place for them and how they were enslaved and how God was with them, freeing them. So now we're going to read Matthew 6, 26 through 34. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more va- much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. So the people in the Old Testament could boldly say, God, we know you are providing because you provided before. Show us how you are moving. And God is, God is providing something great. He's providing a story. Um, and the story was not originally written down. You know, it was through spoken word. And it was told and retold. Um, kind of like Hallmark movies. We all watch those this time of year. It's the same plot. Every movie. Um, but that's what the Bible is. God's providing this story for his people The Israelites needed to remember what God had done in order to remember that God was doing something then and will continue to do something now. So we'll just do a quick three or four people. Someone shout out a Bible story that you remember. Think back to Sunday school. Noah? Joseph? So it's pretty cool that we can just remember these stories right off the bat. And that they're not just random people in history. Um, Sort of like the War of 1812. Doesn't relate to anything we go through nowadays. And history teachers just need to stop teaching it. I mean, no one's going to ask you, what was the War of 1812 about when you're walking down the street one day? Um, So even if these stories and the people are unfamiliar, we have something in common with them. We are all God's people. Our community of faith is a continuation of the people in Scripture. Um, We just finished Advent. We're on a journey during Advent where we sit and we remember past pieces of our story as God's people. And we may have an idea what the destination is, but there's still so much that's unknown. Um, 
like the wilderness. No one knows what could happen in the wilderness. You could be completely fine while you're camping, or you could have a bear steal your food. Or in the case of my scout troop, you could leave chocolate pudding in your tent and come home to a diabetic raccoon sitting in your tent. That's happened. <laughs> um, the people, God's people found freedom as they left Egypt, but were quickly met with some very interesting realities, like wandering in the desert for 40 years. At that time, they couldn't see the way that their story would be shaped. But years later, we see how it was shaped. We know that God is a deliverer and a journey partner. The people of God teach fiercely about inclusion of the orphan and the outlier because they were once outcast and foreigners that were looking for a place to call home. Um, so our joy in God, and as we kind of finish Advent, should be that God provides in every way. So we're going to read a little bit more once I find it in my Bible. Uh, Matthew 25, 31 through 46. I should have marked that in my Bible. That's bad preparation on my part. Okay, I found it. <laughs> when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger or invite, and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to drink. Or you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger? or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you. He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Remember that the people in the Old Testament thought of God as someone who provided food when they were hungry, welcome when they were strangers, and care for them while they were enslaved. God is still doing this throughout the New Testament and even into today. But he gives us a challenge to take on this role in others' lives. This parable talks about what God thinks of our actions. Salvation cannot be earned, and we do not need to do good things in order to be loved by God. But it is important that we act differently once we encounter God. Jesus is saying that as people 
who have been fed, clothed, welcomed, and freed. It is our job to do the same for others. God is providing for us as we provide for others in return. Throughout our lives, we can look all the way back to the first words of the Bible and see the story, how in the story God has been providing for us. We get to choose how we want to join that story. So we're going to shift some things around and we're going to have an altar call, which back in the 70s during the Jesus Revolution was a time when sinners could come to the altar and surrender their lives to Jesus. It's still something like that if that's what you need. Um, at the Nazarene Church, we do it most every Sunday, and it's a time for prayer to kind of have this hollowed space in the busyness of life to just sit and pray and be prayed over if that's what you need. Um, by praying at the altar, we show our submissiveness to God and that once we lay our worries on the altar, it's God's to handle. It's not in our hands anymore. So if you, once we get stuff moved, if you wish to, you can come up and kneel at the altar and pray. Those of you not kneeling, you can pray at your seats. You can come up and pray for those kneeling. Um, for those of our people who may not be able to kneel at the altar or move as freely, um, just raise your hand at your seat if you would like prayer over you and someone around you can reach out a hand and pray over you. Um, this would just be about five to 10 minutes of our time with some instrumental music playing. Um, you can also come sit in the front row if that's easier for you. But I just want you to take this time in whatever manner you need it and wherever you choose to do it, to just take the time that you need to pray and to give whatever you need to to God. <laughs> 